0: Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose podcast. I'm your host Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is March 6, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode I hope you enjoy it first segment is entitled Ron Dugans not celebrated enough um if you just go to YouTube and type in Ron Dugans they have about a uh 19 minute highlight tape of Ron Dugans and this he's one of the most underrated receivers to ever come through the program um he was mostly used as like a, a jump ball guy in the end zone. And he won a lot of those jump balls. But, I mean, he just had speed too. I mean, it was a Duke game. And I, you know, Duke, I know Duke sucked back in the day. But still, it's Division One football. And he just took off and ran away from the defender. I mean, um, we all know about the uh, reverse pass from Peter Warwick to uh, Ron Dugan's in the Florida game. Uh Marcus outson was the quarterback. Number uh what, what number did outson have? Number 14. Um I think. And um, Yeah, so um he's from Tallahassee. Um he's a few months older than me. Um And it really doesn't, when you go look, try to look up stuff on him on the internet, it talks more about his coaching career now than his playing career. He, uh, he, see, it does not even say anything about his playing career at Florida State. It just talks about his, he was a four-year, let's see. He had a four-year NFL career with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, He was a part of the 99 championship team. He caught five passes for 99 yards and two touchdowns in the BCS title game against Virginia Tech. Third-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. He signed a deal with the Houston Texans, but he never played with the team. Um... Thus he started his coaching career And you know we all know where. I'm not going to go through his whole You know Um Coaching career and, But we basically know Where he ended up Um uh, I wish I had more information On his playing career Because I, in my opinion he was one heck of a player Um uh, Let's try let's look up Let's go to nolfan.org. Um Index of players. Let's see, Dugan's doing this now. Oh, it is in alphabetical order. Okay. Um, I like doing my research like as I'm doing the show, so it just feels more authentic to me. But and you just look at all these players that have come through this program, man. It's crazy. Dukins Dukins Dukins. They don't have him on here for some odd reason. Still okay, here we go. Ron Dukins. Uh, they got him listed as 6'3". Internet has him listed six 6'2". Um... And it doesn't have all his receiving stats. Okay, his career receiving stats at Florida State is, um... 105 catches, excuse me, uh, 1,520 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, Once again, in my opinion, one of the more underrated receivers to come through the program. Um, So let me know what you think about Ron Dugans. He's doing a heck of a job as the head coach at, I mean, uh, wide receivers coach at Florida State. Next segment is entitled, I Hate Politics and Sports i hate the polls i hate the college football playoff i hate any type of election process to get to the championship i hate um i feel like everything should be settled on the field all right right, I've, I've gone through my playoff you know vision you know five or six times throughout the course of this podcast throughout the history of this podcast so i don't want to rehash that but um it's just it's just sad that major college football is like the only level of football where you had determined the champion through politics and like I said that the conference that has the most money in college football is obviously the SEC and when they got left out of the national championship in 2005 um you know they've been in every championship game or playoff final four every year since so that should just tell you what drives this sport and it's money and um that's not going away so (laughs) you know the end the football you can tell me all you want about basketball but football is the money maker for the ncaa so um I just hope one day you could get to a more fair system in terms of getting the teams into a playoff and uh, take away the politics. Um, So that's going to do it for that segment. Let's move on to the next segment, which is entitled. Did Clemson give Florida State a blueprint for success? Um, I'm going to say no. I think. Florida State kind of already has a blueprint, and I would say the Jimbo Fisher blueprint, which actually took less time than Clemson's. Uh, It took Dabo Sweeney, what, four or five years to get this team to where it is now, whereas it only took Jimbo uh, three years to get to a national championship. So, um. You know, if I'm Mike Norville, I, I really look at that Jimbo Fisher blueprint and uh, try to emulate some of the things that he did in terms of getting those type of players. Not not the type of players that Jimbo Fisher had, but the types of players that make plays, you know, that are dogs on defense um, and just care about football Um I just felt like this team didn't care about football last season, man. You know, it's going to be a winner and a loser in every game, but, you know, effort should never be questioned at this program. And I questioned the effort of these players last season and the year before that, Um So, Clemson's blueprint was basically, um, they were going to BCS games, and they had tons of talent, but they could never get that quarterback. Once they got Deshaun Watson, the program took off, and Dabo knows it now. Okay, if I can get my quarterback every two or three years, I'm going to be right where I need to be. So... And all I have to do is surround him with talent. So, same thing for Florida State. You got to find that quarterback and surround him with talent. Um, So, let me know what you think about that segment. I'm going to move on to the next segment, which which is entitled, If Florida State falters in 2020, who will be the fall guy? Uh, ultimately, Mike Norvell will be the fall guy. But I don't think they're going to, like, fire him or anything like that because ultimately Willie Taggart and Jimbo Fisher are going to get most of that blame. But I think in the next two to three years, you're not going to be able to blame Willie Taggart or Jimbo Fisher anymore. Um, I think the administration in Florida State, should um take ownership a lot of ownership of where this program um is right now um they took they tried to take a cheap approach it didn't work um if you would have gave jimbo what he wanted we might be better off right now um so now you got to go back to the drawing board and now you got to give mike norvell what he wants so he can be successful and they've done a lot of stuff um I don't think in year one it's going to be enough um you you um you need better facilities okay your training staff now seems pretty good from what I've seen on the internet um they actually look like they know what they're doing um so we'll see what happens man um I ultimately, it's gonna fall on Mike Norvell, though. But I think this administration is gonna understand that most of the, the majority of his team is not his. So you gonna you have to give a coach, I say, at least three years to flip the roster and get his type of players on the team. But like I said, I did a couple episodes ago. I I went on the record as saying nine and three, eight and four, Uh more realistically, six and six, seven and five, because the talent hasn't improved. If you had like the number one recruiting class coming in. OK, maybe I would say eight and four, nine and three, but you got the number 22 class. So I'm still thinking six and six, seven and five. Um. So let me know what you think about that segment. And the last segment for this episode is entitled 4k tvs on sale for 300 Dollars or less can't be good quality um i actually went to walmart for this segment and did a lot of research on their 4k tvs that were 300 dollars or less um it was pretty good i mean you know, you have to look at the contrast ratio. You have to see how many colors the TV can produce. Um, you know, I, I'm i not a smart TV guy. I love flat screen TVs, but I would rather have like a Fire Stick instead of, you know, the TV having its own programs built into the TV. I'd rather have an Amazon Fire Stick so I can put my own stuff on there um but the picture quality on some of the High Sense makes some good tvs you know i know a lot of people be hating on the hisense but they make really good tvs man you know 4k 4k for 300 bucks okay i mean you say what you want but you know I don't I don't need a Samsung curve TV for 900 bucks and I'm looking at the the uh the uh, attributes of the TVs and it's virtually the same and I can save 600 bucks all you're doing is paying for the name Samsung um I have a older Samsung LED um still works like a beast Um, but I, this high sense, I feel like it's just as comparable. Um, you know, the, the, um, it's a 4k, I mean, bright, beautiful, sharp picture. I mean, you could, to me, you can't ask for anything more. Um, you know, I stopped getting like. If I'm going to buy something named brand, it has to be just, okay, the, the competition can't even compare to the quality of the product. And that's just not the case in the TV market right now. You know, unless you got some kind of high profile thing that you're doing, like a very sophisticated sophisticated podcast or something along those lines, um, you, I don't really need a... You know supersonic 4k tv so um you know if you guys listen and do some research let me know what you think about the uh 4k high sense tv for 300 bucks at walmart and uh that's gonna conclude this episode i hope you enjoyed it it's available on youtube apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify podcast if you're listening to this on youtube please go down to the description rate review, subscribe. I appreciate your support. I appreciate everybody who listens on a daily basis. And I as always, go knows.